0: hello and welcome to the spirit world center the following is the spirit world center podcast if you have any questions about the spirits or training you can visit our website at spiritworldcenter.com and now please enjoy the show Welcome to the Spirit World Center. I'm once again joined by Alexandra Blair, and she is here to deliver another astrology report. And this time it's for the period from December 20th to January 18th. And Blair, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to be here, Eric. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. So Alexandra, what is in store for this upcoming month?
1: Yeah. So first things first, um, we are going to be working from new moon to new moon in this month as we have been doing. Um, But I will say, Eric and I have decided that in the coming year, we think it might be a little more well-organized and easier to follow. If we kind of switch to a monthly, a calendar monthly format, Um, this is kind of the way that a a lot of other astrologers are working. So it might be easier to um, actually find that information and search it. Also, as the new and full moons get less and less aligned with the calendar month, it's just quite confusing to come in in the middle of the month. But the format of the report itself that I deliver and the written report and the sort of cyclical nature of these reports will not change.
0: Perfect, yeah, when we started this uh, back in early this year, yeah. um the new moon was basically on like the first of the month. So it's like, okay, well, the new moon to new moon cycle was <laughs> the calendar month, but the new moon keeps falling more and more back compared to the month. So uh, we felt like this would be the the best way forward. Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be a very uh, a very good change,
1: yeah, and, I agree. Uh, so we'll go through the sort of like, late end of January, and then we'll pick back up. We'll do the February report covering just that tail end of January and then the entire calendar month of February. So the next report will be a little longer than this one.
0: Perfect, perfect. Uh, So yeah, so jumping into things, where do we start off?
1: Yeah, so um, the overall sort of themes of this month, many of us have been feeling freed up. There were some big changes last month in the energy uh, all around us. I know a lot of people have said, in the discord and elsewhere that they have been feeling that um jupiter and neptune station direct those two um transits were really bringing a lot of optimism and relief to some people i i think now this month i'm excited to report that those with prominent aries scorpio and especially gemini placements it is your turn to feel that kind of relief and mars uh, retrograde is kind of the defining one of the defining transits of 2022, and definitely the defining transit of this month is Mars Stationing Direct. So Mars, you know, typically zooms through each sign in about two months. It's been trapped in Gemini for seven. Um, so we'll be talking about that towards the end of January's report here. Um, and we also have this really kind of exciting moment of Capricorn. Season and Capricorn energy among us. Capricorn is a cardinal earth sign and Capricorn is really good at initiating things. So, as we're feeling a little bit of that relief, this really is a time to start planning and doing the work of preparation for what you will use your energy for once it's freed up from Mars and Mercury retrograde. Uh, Both of those resolve by the 18th of January of this month. So, that's kind of the overview. Uh, for this month,
0: as I was telling you in the the pre-interview, I am really looking forward to Mars going direct because we have all these big plans and they're all very you know very optimistic and and we have the path before us. But you know, it's walking that path. And so that yeah, that Mars going direct, that's gonna be great. Wow.
1: Absolutely. I think I really underestimated how tough that transit was gonna be, particularly for those of us like you and I with Gemini influences. Definitely anyone who has strong Aries or Scorpio placements, you've probably been feeling some of that too. But the Gemini. Brain fog has been very, very real, and so I'm I'm excited to report that that should be clearing up by the end of the calendar month of January.
0: Fantastic! That's that is a welcome relief. Um, and so yeah, where where do we uh, go from there? So we're yeah. starting around December twentieth, right?
1: Yep, we start there, and that is when Jupiter will enter Aries again. Mm. So Jupiter, um. Jupiter will enter Aries until May of 2023. And this is kind of an energy that we have been feeling on and off again from, man, 2021, I want to say. Um, Jupiter, uh, kind of like the Pisces, then into Aries, then retrogrades back through Aries, back into Pisces, then direct again through Pisces and into Aries. Um Jupiter loves being in Pisces and so it has been in a really good spot for those times in which it has been in Pisces direct. Moving into Aries, we're going to be feeling again that which we've felt in April and May of this year. So um, Aries is major like risk-taking energy. I think that there is some fortune in this and some especially for like Aries placements, Um, look to where Aries is in your chart, but this area is gonna definitely be lit up by Jupiter. Um, This is gonna feel like ready to go energy for some people, particularly those with prominent Aries placements. Um, It's gonna feel like, okay, time to act. Uh, Of course, we know that it is not quite yet time to act. Mars is still in retrograde until January 12th. So we will have some time from December till May to have take advantage of this. I'm asking everyone to use that excitement and that energy that bubbles up to make a plan, a really good one, because that's kind of what Capricorn and Capricorn season is all about. So this is really like plan-making energy.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So is it a good time for kind of list-making and journaling, or would you say it's kind of more for... More concrete stuff or?
1: I think, you know, so basically that happens on December 20th and then December 21st, we have the solstice mm-hmm. and that is the sun entering Capricorn. That's the start of Capricorn season. Um, And so I kind of have a lot to say about these things. I think um, Capricorn is really good at starting things and earth signs in general are good at the work of things. So I think that right here in this period of the 20th through the 23rd, because the 23rd is also a new moon in Capricorn. So can you even imagine that, right? Like, so we have um, Jupiter entering Aries, like, okay, ready to go. Aries is also a cardinal sign, ready to start stuff. Sun enters Capricorn, new moon in Capricorn. Like it's going to feel a little um, exciting and fast uh, for some of us. Particularly intellectually, because again, Mars is still retrograde, so it's not going to be fast movement, lots of activity. It's going to be more so a mounting feeling of an excitement and a readiness for action inside our bodies that we can really harness and use to make plans that we will then sort of attack and commit with fervor In the latter end of January, January 12th. I love it.
0: I love it. Yeah. So uh, Capricorn
1: is just so I feel like Capricorn is so there's so many interesting and mythological things. And it made me realize kind of how little uh, breath I've put into the sun sign transits over the course of these reports. And I think I'll try to um, bring a little more of that going forward in these reports. Um, But I'm hoping to do so in slightly less conventional way. So A lot of astrologers focus on sun signs, Hellenistic astrology, not so much. But I think that there are some really interesting things to unearth. And we'll start here with Capricorn. But Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Saturn right now is in its zone in Aquarius. That's not always going to be true. It's going to leave Aquarius uh, for Pisces in March of this coming year, which will be interesting. Um, But Capricorn really is this archetype of the hardworking, like the Wall Street finance person, the, the boss lady, um, you know, with, with a power suit and heels clicking on the ground. But there are, is so much more to Capricorn that I think is particularly interesting. Um, you know, I think Capricorns are particularly dark. We like to kind of think of maybe Scorpios as like the goths of the Zodiac, but I think Capricorns are kind of the original goth souls, they're really dark on the inside. I think some of the, you know, while Scorpios or Aquarians may like to shock people, like Capricorns sometimes say things that take your breath away because they're so dark. <laughs> and um, if you do some, you know, research on on Saturn, you can really see why and how, like the, the planet itself that rules the Capricorns. It's so unfathomably in, inhospitable. It's so large as well. It's like 700 times the volume of Earth. Um, and there are so many interesting little pieces to to pull apart there, but I think that one of the things that strikes me the most about Saturn and the Saturnian influence on Capricorns is that, you know, Saturn regularly endures this insane amount of pressure and it is not something we could ever enter or even kind of understand because we could not withstand that pressure and nothing we've made could withstand that, um, And yet there is such beauty in that, like with the rings that are around Saturn. And also, if you take a look at the so-called rose of Saturn or the hexagon, you know, there's like a series of wind patterns that create this beautiful hexagon in the the view of Saturn that we get and the, the famous Saturn rose, which is like a beautiful sort of red constellation of clouds. So I think this kind of just reveals a lot about Capricorns and the amount of pressure that they put on themselves and the amount of pressure that they can kind of sustain. And in a way, also their sort of like dark creativity and the things that they can manifest and create that are really unexpected and beautiful um, out of such pressure like that. So yes, Capricorns live with that pressure all year round. You can believe it, hug a Capricorn. Um, they might give you a nice pat on the back, but this time of year is our time to kind of experience that pressure as tourists. Um, like the entire concept of like a new year's resolution or planning your coming near reflecting on the year behind this season, the solstice, the new moon, these are all our times to experience that Capricorn energy kind of as tourists. And it is a great time to experience and celebrate the darkness as well. The veil is very thin at this time of year, so I would be remiss if I didn't mention that as well. This is also considered to be the start of the pagan holiday duel uh, on the 20th or 21st, depending on your tradition. So there's kind of a lot that is going on right here.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Saturnian energies there. And uh, yeah, people, if you haven't seen it before, check out the the hexagon at the North Pole of Saturn. It is truly incredible. The natural forces can create such a an interesting <laughs> interesting alignment up there for sure,
1: absolutely. And so we have, you know, the sun going into Capricorn and we'll have the new moon in Capricorn on december twenty third. Um, this is just, like I said, a really good time to uh, do any kind of work in service of your plans for Mars stationing direct on January twelfth. So, Um, you might consecrate tools, you might actually do planning as a manifestation activity. We talked about that a little bit in December. That's been really powerful. Um, you also might, you know, use this time between the 20th of December and the 12th of January to feed energy into something that you will then kind of do as a ritual working. That is something that I will be doing, you know, putting a lot of energy and intentions into a couple objects and then using those in a ritual way on the other side of Mars, uh, Mars stationing direct, but this new moon um, is in, it's just in a really good spot, especially for planning and manifestation. Um, I'm using it to launch my new astrology site. Um, so you'll hear more about that next month, but that's what this uh, first little end period of December is going to be really good for.
0: Absolutely. We will want to definitely hear a lot more about your astrology shop next month. Definitely, I think you're going to be doing amazing work, um, and yeah, it strikes me that um, this this buildup right to January 12th when Mars goes direct uh, that would be a to me. I would think of using it in a way in which I'm building, like I'm adding energy to something, I'm not using it yet, but I'm building up that energy, yes. building up all this possibility, and then when that mars goes direct suddenly just releasing it right
1: absolutely that and the you know that is exactly how i'm going to be using it just pumping energy in just stating that declaration on the from the 20th to the 23rd putting energy into for me specifically an object and then kind of using that to actually manifest change and do action on the other end of this mars stationing direct so yeah i think so too
0: fantastic Cool. So where do we go next?
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, right after that, we have a Mercury retrograde. Oh, yeah. But this one isn't too bad, to be honest. Um, Mercury goes retrograde in Capricorn um, on the 29th, and just a couple hours after it goes retrograde, it conjoins Venus, both in Capricorn. So this is really gonna be one of those retrogrades that is not so much the like end of the world. Yes, of course, Mercury rules communication technology and to some extent travel. So there are things that may go awry, of course. You know, hopefully you can approach those things with humor, um, but more likely, especially with the Mars retrograde, this time is going to be used for rethinking and reflecting. It's also a natural complement towards those end of the year moments where we often reflect on what we've done um particularly on the 29th of december i can imagine this is like a new year's eve type looking back over your photos and your iphone and celebrating what you've done and maybe making some new year's resolutions and some plans based on information you have now that you've lived some months of mars retrograde and you've been rethinking everything um i love the astrologer Shawnee nicholas she has this quote about retrogrades um they tend to bring the issues, people, and opportunities back around that the planet represents in the sign that it's occupying. So here, of course, it can be that Capricorn energy. With the Venus conjunction, you might be getting a text from an ex. Definitely don't send a text to an ex. That's that's a joke people make about um, Mercury retrogrades, but it seems particularly relevant here. This is actually just going to be a really good time to leverage the tail end of these retrogrades and... um, Do some kind of learning, like concentrated reflection, learning, maybe some journaling and looking back over what you've learned (laughs) Um, on this day in particular, because of this Venus uh, conjunction, I would say if you are into it and able to wake up before the sun on this day and use the sort of like last little bit of nighttime energy, set an intention for the next two-ish weeks of that Mercury retrograde and, and try to keep to it and learn from it.
0: I love it. I love it. And how long is Mercury going to be retrograde during this period?
1: Yeah, it's only going to be just over two weeks. So oh, so it's a short yeah. one, wow. yes, it is. So um by by the middle end of January we'll be retrograde free for the first time in months. Eric, oh, wow.
0: <laughs> wow. That is going to it's be feel
1: very good.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Fantastic. So so after Mercury goes retrograde, uh, where do we go from there?
1: Yeah. So from the 2nd through the ninth of January, we really start off the new year on a good note. Um, That first week-ish of 2023 is going to be pretty positive. And in particular, if you stay grounded through planning and trying to set yourself up for success in this coming year, um, that will be really Helpful. We have Venus entering Aquarius on the 2nd of January um, and some positive transits and placements happening right there, which basically indicate that, you know, when Venus is in Aquarius, we're thinking a little bit about the bigger picture and we're going to be thinking particularly about how our actions that we're planning for ourselves and these things that we're working on are going to scale and impact others and contribute maybe to the greater good, even. So this is going to be a moment, um, you know, in Venus sextiles Jupiter here. So it looks like we're going to be thinking quite expansively. So this could be a good time to scale your vision out as you've been planning and and building that energy for those two weeks from like the 20th ish of December. The second through fourth is a good time to say, okay, I'm going to scale. I'm going to zoom out even a little bigger and flesh out my vision and flesh out my plan and put myself in a bit, in a greater context. And then on the 6th of January, we'll have the full moon in Cancer. So this is, you know, the full moon always happens in opposition to the sun. Um, and the sun and Mercury will be in Capricorn. The moon will be in Cancer. The moon loves being in Cancer and it's domicile. And in general, we think of full moons as kind of climaxes. Sometimes they can be associated as well with quite strong emotions. So for anyone who's following the cycle of this month, this lunation will be really well served by either trying to spiritually generate or adopt the feelings of what you've been planning. So you've been putting together this plan, you've zoomed out, you've fleshed it all together, you've cobbled this thing together. This is where you're kind of spiritually going to try to eat that and absorb that energy and actually really feel it. So take what's been put on the paper and try to digest it. Um, it can also be a really good last time to charge whatever tools you may be using, um, to do any kind of ritual workings or, or even, you know, I work with a friend who charged a a journal and a pen that they just like specifically wanted to remember to use during this time. And they actually just wanted to reflect. So anything like that would be really helpful here. And I think this lunation will illuminate some natural tensions, um, between the areas of your life that are governed by Cancer and Capricorn. And with that being said, um, you know tension, that word, it's not always bad. Uh, for example, I have Capricorn rising and Cancer then is in my seventh house, which basically means sometimes I have to lean on my partner to be able to develop myself. And that is the kind of tension that can be really productive. So look to the Cancer-Capricorn axis in your chart and you'll see where this full moon can be used for. Um, But the very following morning on the 7th of January, around 7 a.m., we have the Mercury Kazemi. So it's going to be especially good right there. As we've talked about on the show before, Mercury Kazemis are great times to either receive transmissions or transmit them. Mercury obviously is our planet of communication. It's so fast. Kazemi means it's resting right in the heart of the sun and the sun is really empowering it. So these happen a few times a year. They're really good spots to look to when you're trying to look for a time to make a declaration of some kind or to receive a message of some kind. Um, so, you know, making yourself open to receive or going ahead and and just jumping out there and, and putting something out there into the world would be really good. Definitely look to where that Capricorn area is in your chart. It's going to be lit up all month long um, and it probably won't be a surprise. You'll probably have been feeling that for for some time here
0: very, very fortuitous times for sure. I mean, we have all this buildup of planning, buildup of energy and, and then, yeah, I mean, before you do something, you really have to feel it right. You have to, it has to turn from a mental plan to a an emotional plan that you can then act on. So that's, that's what that, that, uh, that full moon is doing. Right. And then next day you have that Kazimi. Um, I gotta ask this question about Kazimis because otherwise yeah. I'm gonna forget, and I don't know if you have an answer to it. But um, it seems to me that a Kazimi, I mean a Kazemi, the Mercury passes in front of the Sun, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm imagining the the solar system right now, and where the Earth is, where the Sun is, and then Mercury going around the Sun in the tighter orbit. And so it strikes me that there's two possible Kazimis that could happen. There's where Mercury passes in front of the sun and where Mercury passes behind the sun. Does Is there any discussion of that in astrological material or is that, is That's that just- That's a great
1: question. I actually don't know. That's something I can definitely look into and we'll report back to you at the next Mercury Kazimi. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say that in traditional astrology, the- um, The astrologers of the time and the star watchers were limited to what they could see with human eyes. And that's a distinction that modern astrologers still kind of make about certain planetary movements and ingresses and transits. There is a very strong symbolic difference between that which can be viewed and regarded with our eyes here on Earth. And so from that perspective, just out of a sheer traditionalist perspective, I would say that there would be no difference because either way, to the way we're beholding it, it's Mercury in the heart of the sun. Now, with that being said, we obviously have new technology that enables us to uh, add nuance to our understanding. And most traditional astrologers working today still do things like pay attention to Pluto, for example, or Neptune or Uranus. So I do think that there probably is some reasoning um, or some kind of theology there that I could dig up and I'll report back.
0: I figured that was gonna be a tough question, <laughs> but I that's love really the tough that's really in the deluxe <laughs> areas of astrology for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. I mean that in traditional astrology, right, it's based on on the seven visible planets, and I use planets loosely, the classical planets, including the sun and moon, right. So um, yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense that it's based on what is visible. So. Cool, cool. So anyways, now that I distracted us with that question, now what comes next after the the Mercury-Kazimi? Oh,
1: so it's actually so, it's so interesting. And I think about it all the time because I'll see, I'll look out and I'll see the brightest quote unquote star, wandering star in my sky, it will be Jupiter. And I'm like, but it's not Jupiter season. And there's nothing special happening with Jupiter. So if I was alive in you know, 50 CE, looking up at the sky, I would think it's Jupiter season, but we in the modern day have no no reasoning or understanding for it to be Jupiter season. So it's something I definitely think about uh, quite often.
0: Uh, very curious. Yeah, it's it's amazing how our our interaction with the night sky has changed over the years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, used to be, it used to be the television of the ancients. And now it's just, oh, you know, occasionally you see some stars, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely would recommend downloading that app that I mentioned last time, SkyView Light. Um, I put a link in last time. I'll put a link in again, Um, but it's really great. And it's very helpful learning tool. It shows you what you're seeing. It'll show you sort of like the sketch of the constellation as well, and then how it will move over the next 12 hours. So very cool tool.
0: Absolutely. It allows us to reconnect with the stars, especially if like you're living in the city. Like I remember when I was living in Toronto you would see one or two stars, like it was probably Venus on a really dark night. <laughs> you know, I mean the 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 uh, the light pollution and the actual pollution just is. Uh, so yeah, modern technology really can help. Yeah, it's really cool. Fantastic. So so yeah, where what's next after the Mercury Kazemi?
1: Yeah. So right after that, you know, we have a few days a week, and we have some fortunate you know transits that are happening um, that are just moving us towards some actual real serious relief, uh, in the days just before 12th of January in which Mars will station direct. I can't even believe it. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, Mars typically zooms through each sign in two months, but it has been in Gemini since August, 2022, and it won't even leave Gemini until March of 2023. So it's been seven months in Gemini. Um, Two and a half of those months from October 30th through January 12th have been spent in retrograde. And honestly, I underestimated this transit. I'll say it. But with Mars mired in retrograde in Gemini, it's really been a monotonous slog in whatever area of your life is governed by Gemini, particularly Um, if you have prominent Aries or Scorpio placements that may also be applying to those areas of your life. Definitely pull up your chart, look to those areas, and I promise you will feel validated. You will feel like you are not alone um, because I guarantee you will know exactly what I'm talking about. This is actually going to feel like a very notable feeling of relief for many of us. We have had so many retrogrades. This is the end of the final one on January 18th with Mercury and retrograde. Um, but this one with Mars. It, it, you know, it's it's not like a Mercury retrograde or one of those slow outer planets where we really get used to this feeling. Um, Mars goes retrograde every two years for two months. Um, and so this is going to, you know, this is not something we get, we get used to. Mars is a malefic planet. Um, it represents our drive, our ability to act, our passion, both, you know, good passion and bad fury type passion. Um, and Mars in retrograde here has really just been a total quagmire for our ability to act. For everyone I know with Gemini placements, I would love if you could share this. I can totally uh, talk about you know my chart too. But you are a Gemini ascendant. You have your Mercury in Scorpio in your sixth house of health and your Jupiter in Aries in your 11th house of friends. And I just have to imagine that you're like health, your identity, your friends, have been enduring some something. Um, I also it's have rough. six yeah. house placements, and it's like <laughs> a brain fog. It's truly like I cannot think of the things that I need to say.
0: It it really is this this very powerful <laughs> slowdown on life, and this uh, and and I hear did I hear you right that Mars only goes uh, retrograde every two years?
1: That's correct. Oh. For eight, eight to 10 weeks. So like I said, this is not a mercury retrograde. This, this we experience this three thing. times a year or half the year. No, this is once every two years.
0: I'm really going to give myself uh, <laughs> some forgiveness to myself for, for how it's been going. Because I mean, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, And I hope that people who have these kind of Mars placements are, are listening to this and and give yourself some slack for how it's been going the last couple of months for sure. Wow.
1: Yeah. Particularly if you have any of the seven traditional planets in Gemini, if you're a Gemini rising, if you have multiple planets in Gemini, um, I have literally been making petitions to Hermes that are kind of like this Hermes. Mercury, I don't know what your name is. I don't care. Can you please help me? <laughs> I'm supposed to be your daughter, okay? I'm a Gemini. Please help me out. <laughs> That's been the nature of my my petitions to the gods over, <laughs> over the past few weeks. It's been really, really hard and so slowing and a little demoralizing sometimes in a way where I I'm with you. Like I have not been treating myself with a lot of grace. I've kind of just been exasperated at my inability to act.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Well, at least it's uh, it's coming to an end. That's that's what really matters. And then we can go for another two years, and and then hopefully it'll be someone else's problem and not in any placements that affect us. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed.
1: Fingers crossed. But yeah, this is a tough one, and I kind of underestimated this. And so, with that in mind, I wanted to kind of put this out there. If you are a person who follows the astrology or follows this podcast make a notes app in your phone or maybe a google doc or something take note of what you've experienced from october 30th through january 12th just the kind of flavor and the overarching themes because then next time you hear the words mars retrograde and gemini you kind of already know what to brace yourself for and it will not feel so surprising and strange um hopefully (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. It would be and that's actually not gonna be that common, right? Because if it's only going retrograde every right. two years, I mean it's, it
1: could maybe happen every 24 years, but yeah. with the way that retrogrades happen, it also might not uh happen in that sign. It might spend more time in one or the other. Um, the signs actually are not all equally sized. So sometimes it spends a little longer in one or the other but I'm sure there's a mathematical answer to that that I could look at.
0: Yeah, well, uh, well, at least it's coming to an end. Fantastic. So uh, yeah, where do we go from there?
1: Yeah, so from there, I will say, I am so excited to report that relief. It will feel like relief. It will feel very exciting. For Geminis specifically, it is going to be a little bit like Bambi trying to stand on legs because from the 12th through the 18th of January we are still in mercury retrograde. So you're probably still going to experience some funny little snafus. I think Geminis approach things with humor, they're known for that. This shouldn't be an issue, but you're probably still going to be feeling like oh my gosh, I don't even have my my legs under me yet until January 18th. That is when Mercury will station direct and it will station direct in Capricorn and it will stay in Capricorn until mid February. So um everyone's going to be feeling tons of relief January 12th. Geminis are going to be little goofy goofballs for one more extra week while Mercury is still retrograde. Um, As I've mentioned, Mercury retrograde is not something to be particularly afraid of. We experience this energy a lot. There will be some snafus. It's not a great time to like start a brand new project or anything like that. So if you're a Gemini in particular, and I guess probably universal advice, If you have something big that you're planning on executing, wait just maybe six more days. Don't do it on the 12th of January. Let's start that on the 18th of January once that retrograde is over. And we are all moving direct uncomplicatedly forward for the first time in so many months. This has been such a hyped up season of hard retrogrades that pretty much all astrologers have been commenting on and frankly a little scared of, and we're all through it. (laughs) It's over now. So um, January 18th, I think I'm just going to take the day off work and throw a little party or something.
0: We made it everybody. We made it. Yeah, we really did. Except for those poor <laughs> Gemini that have to wait one more week. Oh no. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> poor Gemini. Oh wow. And then, Hey, this is, this is good. Cause I know, I know I've said it before on this podcast, but it has felt like a tough three or four months. I mean, this, all it's these been so these retrogrades, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are feeling that. I think, I know you don't really do much of the politics and the economics too, but yeah, you can see that going there. Like, it's just, it's been a tough, tough, you know, uh, Q3 and Q4. So yeah,
1: think- you know, I'm even seeing it all over like social media, people um, posting, there's this meme format right now where people, you know, are imitating their bright eyed and bushy tailed January selves saying, how did my year go? And then it kind of flashes over to like their November self who is frazzled and just totally shell-shocked being like, yeah, a lot's happened. And um, I think that's kind of how everyone has felt. And I I'm, I'm, i can't believe that we made it through to the other side. I'm proud of everybody for hanging in there. And this is the real true relief. It's actually truly all going to be relief for for a while here.
0: Oh, that's that's wonderful! Wow, and uh, yeah, anything else going on at the end of the month there? Then or at the end of this period?
1: Yeah, so the end of this period kind of wraps up there. At the start of the February edition, brand new February edition, we'll talk about the sun entering Aquarius and the new moon in Aquarius, and we'll cover cover that the kind of shift into Aquarius energy. And I'll come with some more interesting Saturn facts to talk a little bit about how Saturn and Aquarius uh, season can manifest.
0: Fantastic! Yes, uh, next month we'll be on that uh, that new calendar month system, and so hopefully that'll make it a little less uh, <laughs> confusing for chaotic, people. Chaotic and a little easier to find in a search <laughs> function.
1: Yeah, <laughs> are
0: trying to figure out what period we're talking from from the middle of the month to the middle of the month. So this will be a little bit more intuitive. Um, yeah, fantastic. So uh, so summing things up, Blair, in in the context of all that we've said and everything, um, what would you say is going to be the overall narrative and experience for people, uh, you know starting on the 20th and going to the 18th of January? Uh,
1: I think if you are following this cycle, this is a, a, one of the more powerful manifesting cycles that I have seen in recent astrology. If you start using around the 20th to the 23rd, so the the 20th, Jupiter enters Aries. So if you're like an Aries prominent person, that could be a good time for you. Um, On the 21st, the the sun enters Capricorn. So if you're a Capricorn prominent person, that could be good for you. Um, On the 23rd, we have the new moon in Capricorn. So again, for Capricorns or perhaps witches or spiritual people who are good with using new moons, that's the best start date for you you use those start days and you build and build and build energy and you scale it and you start feeling it around the full moon January 6th, and you really put it out there in the world, January 18th is going to be like an explosion of purpose and productivity and power for you if you spend that time building. So I would say definitely spend this time reflecting, planning, and setting yourself up for success once we begin uncomplicated forward motion by the end of January.
0: Very exciting stuff. Wow, I can't wait. (laughs) We're there. Awesome. Well, Blair, thank you so much for a fantastic report. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Extra credit for the the positivity of this one. I love it. Um, (laughs) Blair, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Eric. Good luck, everybody. And uh, we'll see you in... February.
0: You have a great day. Take care and bye-bye.